Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott here with Cam Moon on Oilers Now. Jack and Bob traveling down to Denver. They'll reconnect with the Oilers ahead of tomorrow's Game 1. You won't have to miss a minute of the coverage here on 6.30. Chad, 6 o'clock puck drop, 4 p.m. face-off show. It's going to be a good one. I mean, if, if we learned anything in those matchups between Edmonton and Colorado in the regular season, it's that these games aren't going to be boring. No. <laughs> no, they're not. There's a low percentage chance of that. High percentage chance that you'll have an excellent experience out at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. Mooner. Uh, some guests of the show receiving gift certificates there. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I know John Shannon, is it's a personal favorite of his when he comes through town, but I got to read this text message first because we're keeping on with the theme here of uh, what you're doing, what small sliver uh, you're having in, in this uh, successful Oilers run here. Andrew says, yeah, I'm superstitious. I have to align my car flags exactly. I have a Big Mac before every game. After every win, the next morning, a coffee out of my McDavid coffee cup. I have a pre-game uh, home call with my sister and then I wear an Oilers shirt and shorts during the game. That's from Andrew who's going all in making sure he's doing his part for the Oilers victory. John, I don't know whether you're a superstitious person. I'm not sure how much bearing that has on this next series but one thing I do know is we will not be bored when the puck drops tomorrow night. I'm sure you can agree with that. Yeah, so, uh, hi boys, how are you? Cam, Cam and I are going to Rich Chris and I get to town, by the way. That's right. Excellent. Uh, um, so, he, here, here's my question. Will, because uh, I think the most pressure in, in this series now is on both sets of defenses. Uh, in that how are they going to, on a regular basis, combat the speed that both teams can attack with? To me, that's if if you look at because because I I think we, I mean I I'm expecting a track meet. I don't know about you guys. I'm expecting speed through the roof, uh, and and it's the team that's going to be able to manage the opposition speed uh, that will end up winning the series. 
when it comes to the goaltending, John, you've got uh, Mike Smith, who was <laughs> very good for Edmonton in that uh, series against the Calgary Flames. Uh, and you got Darcy Kemper at the other end. And Kemper has you know, had a very good uh, regular season, had a bit of a tough series against the St. Louis Blues. How do you see that matchup? I've given up on trying to predict what the goaltending is for either of these teams, haven't you? I mean, come on. You know, it's, uh, I mean, Mike Smith has has beaten all of us. He's done a better job than any of us thought he could, to be honest. And, 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 and you have to give him credit for that. He's taken all the critics. He's taken all the criticism. And he's been able to funnel it and focus it into some really good play. Uh, the issue is, is that when Mike Smith plays bad, it looks awful. It looks worse. I mean, you're an old goalie, Cam. You know what that's like. Oh, oh I know when all about play playing bad. bad. You, <laughs> yes. Well, but <laughs> but the thing is, is that when you you know when that puck goes in the net and you're going, oh my goodness gracious, and you looked bad doing it, and that's the problem with Mike. When Mike has the these brain cramps they are awful and all i have to do is remind you of that uh you know the first goal of the series against calgary you know and and then you then there's that uneasiness and panic that sets in but then he then he plays remarkably well uh and i think darcy's in this in a similar similar state uh you, you know so i i think goaltending in this series is a wash i think it's a wash I don't think there's an advantage for either side. I don't think there's a detriment for either side. That's why I think the pressure's more on the blue line than anywhere else. Just to put a cap or a bow on that point, to me, this Oilers team, and I, and I have a sneaking suspicion it's part of the way that Smith handles this type of thing in the media afterwards, it doesn't really seem to, to rattle their cage the way it was even earlier in this season. It's almost like they've got just a wholesale belief that as long as the game's within a, a couple of goals, that there's really nothing that's insurmountable to them. And I, I know Smith's mistakes have come at crucial junctures of the game, and that's never a good thing. But I just don't see this Oilers team getting as rattled by that as it once used to. Do you notice that as well? I, I'm, I'm with you 100%, Brendan. I mean, was there any doubt ever in the Calgary series when they were down two goals that they could come back? No. There was never a doubt for me that they could come back. There, you know, two nothing Calgary. Yeah, no problem. Just get the next one, and you'll be fine. Uh, to the point where uh, that if if they were even after two, or even down one after two, you knew they in in your heart you knew they were going to win. They just have that much firepower. But so does Colorado. Colorado has that similar style of firepower. When you think of Landeskog, Rantanen, and McKinnon doing what they're doing, when you think of uh, with, with Nazem Kadri doing what he can do, you know that's why I say that the, the, the and I'm probably using it incorrect, incorrectly, but the fulcrum for this series is what the six defensemen or the seven defensemen for either team does. You know, there's a ton of pressure on on all of the defensemen, particularly when when you when you know that you know Jay Woodcroft wants them to be aggressive. Uh, Bedner wants his guys to be aggressive, and then can you take advantage of the five-six position or the seven position? And that, to me, is you know that uh, I think that I think Colorado's going to miss uh, Gerard. 
for that very reason because he's a he's a, a fast you know flat uh, you know fleet of foot defenseman that could do lots of things and that's what they're going to need in this uh, in this series for the Oilers and I know it's been reported that Darnell Nurse has been battling through some stuff here in the playoffs I'm sure a lot of players are once you get this far in but John, when you look at that defense core, one through six, what have you thought of, of their play so far here in the playoffs? Oh, I think it's been solid, you know, and, 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 and you got a real sense of it, Cam. Uh, I think a better sense of it when uh, the, the game that Darnell had to sit out in the, in the L.A. series. Um, you know, that was a real indication that this, this team can play lockdown defense uh, at any time, stay focused. You know, I think that we've seen the you know, development of, of Evan Bouchard. You know, he and Duncan Keith have, have proved to be a really valuable pair. And I know that Duncan gets a ton of criticism, um, and probably because he still thinks as a 28-year-old, but he's 38. And so there's lots of times he thinks he can still do the stuff he could do 10 years ago, but he can't. But overall, I think, and, and, and you know, the, the Kulak acquisition at the deadline has proved to be invaluable for this organization. I think that, uh, I think this, the defense has done a solid job through those, through those 12 games. This is now a different level. This is a, this is a different, different style that they're going to face completely. And that's why I think they're going to be up for the biggest challenge. Chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. We've talked over the months of, of Jay Woodcroft being here, John, about getting the buy-in from the players. You almost don't even hear about Edmonton's defensive core, not anywhere near as much as we used to. And I really believe that's because the whole team is bought into this defensive aspects of what Woodcroft is trying to do, and therefore minimizing the mistakes that would have been more glaring before. So I'll ask you how much credit Woodcroft really deserves for the way that it looks like the defense is playing right now. Woodcroft and Dave Manson. Yeah. Dave Manson deserves a ton of credit. You know, I mean, with everything that's been put on Jay's plate and the trust that he has and what Dave has been able to do with uh, with the defense, I think has has not been stated enough. It's funny. I uh, I actually sent our, our old pal Friedman a note saying, if you're going to talk about Euler coaching, you better talk about Dave Manson once in a while, because he really has. And Cam, I think you'd agree with this. I mean, he's been a huge factor uh, for uh, for what has changed with the Oilers. And the other thing is, uh, you know, the, the, I, I think when you talk about Jay Woodcroft's contribution, I think we're talking about team defense. You know, responsibility of the forwards to come back, the aggressive forecheck, you know, the, the, the play between the blue lines. That's, that's instilled by what, what Jay wants his defensemen to do. So, but I, I think being more aggressive, being more accountable with the forwards, that is. And then what Manson has been able to instill, I think, has changed a lot for this hockey club. I would absolutely agree. I think the, the back pressure from the forwards... Uh, coming back into their own end has also led to creating turnovers just inside the Oiler blue line and, and able to re-attack and sometimes be able to re-attack in an odd man rush situation. And I don't know that we saw that as much before. It just seems to be a little more prevalent at this point. But I, yeah, I think they're doing a very good job of that. Uh, John, a guy that in this series with Calgary more so than than maybe the Los Angeles series but certainly in the Calgary series 
where I, I just I couldn't get over how how tenacious he was and how effective he was winning 50-50 battles along the along the boards was Kyler Yamamoto. I just I couldn't get over how he goes yeah. into either the corner or up against the wall against a guy that's bigger and stronger than him and he comes out with a puck. It's amazing. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you completely. I I uh you know there are days you say man, what if he was 6 foot 1? <laughs> yeah. You know how great would he be when he's six foot one, uh, if he was six foot one? But uh, I, I don't think he would be near as tenacious. I don't think he would be near as effective. Uh, it's a classic case, and we we saw this for a couple of Flames forwards in the last series too, in Goudreau and Mangiapane, using their size to their effectiveness. And I think Yamamoto has done that greatly. And here here's the other thing, Cam. He has made, and you watch for this. He has made. Two or three simple little, you know, dinky passes that just go to the go to the uh, empty space, and the and you know a forward whether it's Kane or or whether it's Connor or whether it's Leon they find the puck, and I think I think he's become a really effective passer as well, and I think that you know and, and it goes back to the you know the back check, the transition. And moving the puck, but there's been a couple of times that I've noticed he's made great little passes. One of them Connor scored off of, but great little passes uh, to a, a space where one of the faster forwards can get it and go to the net. I, I think he's been a, a huge, huge asset. When you think of Kane, Yamamoto, Hyman, and to a lesser extent, Pugliarvi, the four guys that play the wing and the rotation, and, and if it's Leon rotating in that group, uh, they they have been really one of the one of the best storylines uh, for uh, for the Oilers in these playoffs. Ryan McLeod, John, still just 22 years old and, and contributing for this team, not necessarily on the stats sheet, but when I think of a term like back pressure, he's almost the first name that jumps into my mind. And someone that's trying to learn the defensive angles of this game young in his career and now doing so on, on a huge stage, as if the Battle of Alberta wasn't big enough. What have you seen out of Ryan McLeod in terms of his growth on the ice? Well, I mean, he has the one asset that everybody who wants to play in this game just absolutely desires, and that's speed. Um, and now he's learning how to use his speed. You know, in the times in, in the times if you sat with Jay pre-game and he talked about utilizing McLeod and trying to get McLeod in the right spot in the lineup. Uh, I would tell you that from the time that Woodcroft took over to the end of the regular season, it was almost an experiment on where McLeod fit in. Um, you know, was he a winger at times? Could he play the? Could he play the number three center? Could he be the number four center? Uh, I, I truly think that that what Woodcroft was doing was preparing McLeod for being the, that utility forward that he's been required to be in the playoffs. Right now, because of the Dreisaitl injury and where Dreisaitl's playing, he's the number three center uh, and has done a remarkable job with that. You know, how much penalty killing now has he been doing? I mean, and, and maybe there, if there's a poster child for what playoff experience means to an NHLer, 
maybe for the Edmonton Oilers, Ryan McLeod's the poster child. Because everybody's always lamented year after year after year when this team doesn't get to the playoffs or gets eliminated quickly. Um, they say, wow, if we could only get another round and get some more playoff experience. Well, you know what? They've got that playoff experience this year, and Ryan McLeod is taking full advantage of that. And it seems like we're, we've, in right in front of our eyes, John, we're seeing the, the maturation of of players that have been through those struggles, like like Leon Dreisaitl, like Connor McDavid and Darnell Nurse and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's been here you know, for a while. But still, having those those tough series where it didn't go your way. Last year's a great example where you actually played pretty well and you lose in four straight, three of them in overtime. Having those experiences under your belt and realizing what it takes uh, in to have any kind of success in the postseason, how important do you think that is at this, at this juncture? Well, there's no coincidence that teams that you know go deep into playoffs seem to have the ability to go deep again i mean all you you have to do is look look at what tampa's doing this year look what chicago did for seven or eight years look what pittsburgh did for a period of time um you you know the 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 playoff time is where uh, the character and the ability uh, of a player grows exponentially uh, and that's, I think that's what you're going to see. The value of what the Oilers have gone through th- this year will be even more important next October and November and December. Um, and it will, and, and you know, and it's, it's a classic case, Cam, in my opinion, of the rich getting richer. Because, you know, every team yearns for playoffs. Every team yearns for playoff experience. And, it, and it's the, only the teams that can get to the playoffs that get that playoff experience. So you don't, you, you know, I mean, I can guarantee you Pierre Dorian is just, he's drooling at waiting for his team in Ottawa to get playoff experience. Steve Eiserman the same way in Detroit. Uh, but they have to get there first. And finally, the Oilers are there. And finally, the Oilers players are, are are creating their own opportunities with this playoff experience, and they're only going to be better for it next year. We'll wrap up with one more for our NHL insider, uh, John Shannon, from the Legacy Heating and Cooling, and that is out east. I'll pose the question to you this simply. Can the Rangers buck the trend, John, and become the first road team to win a game against Carolina this playoffs and advance to face those Tampa Bay Lightning? What do you like out of Game 7 in the east tonight? I like better goaltending. So I like the New York Rangers. I like Igor Shosturkin. Uh, I think that uh, I, I think that uh, we haven't seen very much out of Artemi Panarin in this series. I just have my my gut tells me that the New York Rangers go into Raleigh and win. It may not be fancy, uh, maybe two to one, maybe overtime, but I think the Rangers do go in and and win this game. Um, and that and 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 it'll be one of those ones where you say you look at the Carolina Hurricanes and say, hey boys, you had to learn to win on the road. Sure, you were the division winner. Sure, you were. Sure, you had home ice. But at a certain point, you had to learn how to win on the road. And I think that that's the biggest difference tonight. Thanks for the time today, John. We'll chat soon. Well, Cam and I, we're going to sit at the bar. Yes. Caesar salad, (laughs) steak, red wine. We may never leave, Cam. You had me at hello. (laughs) John Shannon. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling, Brendan Escott, Cam Moon alongside. So are you. Back after this. You golfers out there looking for a bucket list experience can join New West Travel in Cabot, Nova Scotia on a five-day golf getaway. Golf at uh, Cabot Cliffs and Cabot Links, package including airfare via a private WestJet charter, open bar, premium meals there, four nights accommodation in Cabot Lodge, and five rounds of golf in stunning Cabot, Nova Scotia. You also get a New West golf tournament with prizes. Book now and get a $350 upgrade to premium economy. To reserve your tea time, call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Brendan Escott here with Cam Moon ahead of the Oilers and Avs tomorrow night, 6 o'clock puck drop on 6.30. Chad, what are you most looking forward to about this series? Is it one of the head-to-head matchups? Is it just the fact that the Oilers are back in such high-stakes hockey? Well, those for sure. And the fact that it's not going to be dump it in, dump it out, grind it out hockey, which I know it's the playoffs, and I know sometimes that's how it goes. And if it's close, it can still be exciting, but it could also be, that can be boring. This won't be boring. This is going to be exciting. There, I, if they were, and the beauty is the last series, we found out if the others are down 2 nothing or 3 nothing, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they can come back. Yeah. All those things. So, yeah, I'm excited that they're in the conference finals. It's, yeah, it's outstanding. Do you have specific memories of the last conference finals? Like, was was it kind of, I imagine, I wasn't in the city at the time, but Pisani doing what he was doing to get them yeah. there had to have been a huge deal. Rollison kicking his life away in net. There's got to be a few. Yeah, oh, for sure. Well, there was that momentum of being down 2 nothing to San Jose in the series before, then they won four, and then uh, roll into that one with Anaheim. And, you know, that... As I recall, I just never felt like they were going to lose. Like it, throughout that entire series, it, it felt like they were they were going to beat Anaheim just with the momentum they had and and, and everybody playing so well. The goaltending, uh, Dwayne Rollison, and oh yeah. So you wonder if Edmonton can sneak into Ball Arena here in these first couple games and steal one like they were able to against Calgary. Like obviously that really turned the series on its head right there when Edmonton stole one in in the Saddle Dome in the first couple of games. You've got to do that. That's the quickest way to a series victory, in my opinion, is stealing home ice advantage away. And and when you can do that early in the series, it's proving to yourselves that you you're capable of beating this team, which you know is was ranked higher at the end of the season, but in reality. Reality, when you saw them go head to head, I don't know that Colorado was that much better a team. No, no I, I would say they're they're quite even. I, the the margin of victory or loss is, is going to be quite narrow. And I also think a big turning point in that last series with the the Calgary Flames or potential turning point was the long range shot on Mike Smith that could have cratered everything. They lose that game, who knows? But Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like that could have been. The, that could have been the goal that turned the series. Yeah. And then the Ryan Nugent-Hopkins goal 
really put it in the Oilers' favor. To me, that was a huge swing. What happened between that goal and then who was going to score next? Yeah, it, it, exactly. And and a year ago or two years ago, certainly, I don't know that you look down the bench and have the answers when something like that happens. This year, the way that it was handled when it happened in that first series, the way that uh, it kind of just blew over in the press after that because it was addressed immediately. It didn't have to be this black cloud hanging over things. They were able to continue going about their business, as Woodcroft likes to say. Their focus right now is alarming. They are honed yeah. in, it seems. I wouldn't want to be the avalanche right now. I would want to be someone listening to this game on the radio tomorrow at 6 o'clock. So uh, set your timer, set an alarm. We'll be right back here. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon, cruising along into the Western Conference Finals after a Global News weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.